Late Night Conversations Late Night Conversations Monday to Thursday 10pm till midnight Late Night Conversations with me, Patricia Ntuli. We are speaking health and social conversations, the role of traditional medicine in our modern society. I'd like to invite you to call in as soon as possible or even send us those WhatsApp voice notes so we can get through to them um, as we have our guest on the line. The number for WhatsApps is 0614104107. If you're going to send a voice note, please make it short, sweet, audible and precise. And uh, if you'd like to call us, these are the numbers 891 or 011-714-4045, You can also SMS us on 41391. SMSs are charged at 150 on social media platforms at SAFM Radio at Patricia N. Dooley. Don't forget the hashtag, hashtag SAFM LNC. If you want to tune in on a DSTV channel, it's 814. With that being said, I'd like to welcome Dr. Mbaimbae Lati. Thank you very much for joining us doctor thank you Togoza. Togoza, thank you good evening um uh, my dear sister there and your team and good evening to your listeners as well safa dr Tlati, today we are going to speak about uh, a topic that is very dear and close to your heart you are in the medical field but you prefer to use m- m- traditional medicines now i'd like us to please define what traditional medicines are because, you know, we, we have in, in, in the recent past associated traditional medicine with uh, witchcraft. And I don't know where that came from, but I think from your point of view, it would be better for us to have a, a, a holistic understanding. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Patricia. Um, what is happening here, you know, um, uh, some years ago, centuries ago, when the missionary came to Africa, when they came to Africa, introduced the, the, the Christianity, they introduced the Bible, and uh, all of a sudden they suggested that our elders, our grandparents, that they were practicing um, uh, traditional medicine, the way they were dressing, the way they were uh, practicing traditional medicine, they told them not, not to do that. They must just uh, be born again so that they must forget about the ancestors, they must forget about their tradition, their culture, etc., etc. So those things it grow up with everybody. So anyone who was born um, maybe, maybe 30, 40 years ago, you had to believe that a, a person would dress like a, a Tonga or a Venda or a Zulu cause or whatever, you cannot go to church. If you go to church, um, you, you, uh, because the way you dress is the way you present yourself. And all of a sudden, they put together the way you dress and the way you use your herbs. And instead of calling uh, traditional medicine, they used to call it uh, any different names. They even used to call a very terrible name to all traditional practitioners, our great-grandparents that they were practicing by then, to call them that they were practicing witchcraft or they were witch doctor. But how can you call uh, uh, someone with a two name? Because if you say witch and then at the end you say doctor, you contradict yourself because a person cannot be witch and become a doctor as well. But that is what uh, came to the mind of everybody. So when people grow up, um, someone who's elder, even if you are not a traditional healer, even if you are not a traditional practitioner, but once you become elder person and you dress 
like that. And in our culture, in our, in our normal way, you must remember that um, our grand-grandparents, they used not to have clothes like we have now. They used not to have a salon where they can go and, 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 and dress themselves, make up, etc., etc. You know, unfortunately, by those years, they had to dress whatever they can get, the skin and other things. So people, when they came from Europe or when they came to this country, they, they thought that those people, because they did not have anything to dress, they, they called themselves a witch. They called themselves that people who did not understand what they were doing. And, but those people, they were living a better life. They were living a very healthy life without all these sicknesses, without diabetes, without a high blood pressure, without cancer, because they were, they were eating natural herbs, natural fruits, and also they were they were they were preparing the traditional medicine without any guidance from a science people who have a knowledge of science. That's why I normally say a traditional practitioner is someone who's got more science, more knowledge than anyone who went to the university because a traditional practitioner she or he can understand if he goes to the forest to dig some wood, to dig some herbs. That person, he has a full knowledge that when I dig this plant, how must I cook it and how must I dry it? How must I grind it? How must I dispense to my client? That's why we never had a, a, a such thing that overdose, traditional medicine. We never had some such thing that overdose, but people, because they wanted to paint a traditional medicine, they used to say, healers they don't know how to measure their medicine they give people five liters and then people happen to drink that muti etc etc but we never had cases that a traditional practitioner where you give a person uh, your herbs you give them a proper instruction that person drink the herbs properly that person happened to have an overdose so it's unfortunately that people mix it which and healing and mix it also traditional medicine with with a witchcraft which those things are completely different uh, uh, that's what is real unfortunately but we need to teach our people we need to make people to understand that's why even now there are some people who, when they want to consult a traditional healer or traditional practitioner they don't go during the day they go in the evening because they still mentally they still think that when you go to a traditional practitioner even if you suffer from asthma diabetic or solemn solemn private part and then you must go in the evening why you must do that because go go during the day and go during the day with your luxury car with your suit etc etc even if you have a higher position go during the day to that elder person to that elder uh, um, a woman so she or he can treat you properly you don't have to go during the night because it means you 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 put attendance or you make people to think no you're going to do uh, something that is bad why you go at, at at night to a traditional practitioner so those are the kind that make people uh, not understand exactly when we talk about traditional we talk about a very important person in the society. Now, you know, Dr. Flati, I'm glad that you took it all the way back to when missionaries, uh, Christian missionaries came into um, uh, Africa. And it, it's a good understanding that you have given us. But was there no witchcraft then? So I'd like you to define for us the traditional practitioner who's a healer and a doctor. And then the witchcraft. Was there no witchcraft then? And if there is witchcraft, what is the differentiators between the two? Well, the witchcraft uh, has been there since the 
since the earth once once was created by the creator the witchcraft has been there the witchcraft is anybody who's got a, a, a satanic heart someone who does not wish any person to have a, a successful life a successful marriage successful business etc et that person as long as inside you when you see a person, you feel like crying. You feel like a, your tears could be even blood tears. You, you 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 feel you wish that that person must just disappear. That person must die. That person must lose his job. Must lose his marriage. That person must become sick. If that person was involved in an accident, when you hear that that person was involved in an accident, you say, why that person did not die? That is the people who we call them wish. But you must remember, uh, by those years, even now, we have a traditional practitioners who uh, uh, they were called by ancestors to come and practice and heal people. We have Sangomas who have been called by the ancestors as well to become Sangomas, etc., etc. But we have people who just happen to lack to become traditional healers. Those people, they don't even have any understanding. Those people, they don't even have a spirit. They don't even have ancestors in them. It's just that a person just say, okay, because I because a traditional healer is a pe- successful person, then let me let me also act as a traditional practitioner. But because you don't know how the, 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 the role of the traditional practitioner, that person will do anything. That person will even go all, all the way out to do anything to harm people because he or she want to show that she's got a power. So you find those people that they dress like traditional practitioners, but they are not. You find those people that they were called Magela. A Magela are those people that they, 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 they can even cross borders. You go to other countries and you look for someone who can harm another people or even your neighbor. And when you get there, those people, when you go to somebody, you say, okay, I want, to, I want this person to become mad. And then what that person will do, you give that person money, that person will mix those motives, because you must remember, the, 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 the medicine that heals is the medicine that can kill. The medicine that kills is the medicine that becomes a poison. That's why even in the West, Western medicine, the panado can become a poisonous once you take it uh, uh, the wrong way around. Even the herbs as well, they will do that. That's why when, when you go to a person who's got a, a, a terrible heart, a person who does not wish anyone good, then that person can practice wish. Because that person can make the muti until that muti can even make fire. That muti can make a, 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 a thunderstorm. That muti can make a lightning. It's because the heart of that person is not the heart of, of, of a real person who wants to heal people. But the real practitioner, they don't do that. So we are talking about the role of traditional medicine in our modern society. And talking to us about this is a traditional health practitioner, Dr. Mbaimbae Hlati. We'd like you to please join in on the conversation. I see there's already some WhatsApps. We'll get to them after the break. The number for WhatsApps are O. 614-104-107 SFM leading the late night conversations. Late night conversations. It's uh, Late Night Conversations with me, Patricia Nduli. We are speaking uh, the role of traditional medicine in our modern society. Remember that you can uh, be in touch with us by sending us a WhatsApp on 0614 or calling us on 0891 
0614-104-0207, alternatively 011-714-0045. We are talking to Dr. Mbaimbae Lati. Doctor, um, you know, you graduated in uh, the year 1982, if I'm correct. So that's uh, way before yeah. I was born. And you graduated as a traditional health practitioner. There is a question here that I got on WhatsApp asking, what, what does one have to do to become a traditional health practitioner? Do they have to have a calling? And what is the training process? It's, it's a very, very uh, good question. You know, in, in my site, I'll, I'll cut the story short. When I was born, I grew up um, in a very, very remote village. And my grandmother, she was a blind, Kukwan Mevasi. Uh, she was a very, very powerful traditional practitioner. She became blind because she refused. Not in, in fact, she did not refuse, but her father did not want her to go and become a traditional practitioner. So the ancestor, they punished her, she became blind. And then when she became blind, she could not, uh, you know, she was staying alone in a very small rendezvous. And then um, my parents said, we, my sister, she must go and stay with her. My sister, she refused. She said, ah, uh, my grandparent, she is blind. She will give me a lot of tough time. And then I went to stay. I, I went there. I stayed with her. I used to cook with her. I used to go and also dig muti. And, you know, one day of a good day, she sent me to go and dig muti somewhere in a very far, a remote forest. And it was very, very hot. You know, a very naughty young man. You know, I decided to say, okay, my grandma, she cannot see anything. Let me just go and dig anything. Because she had a client that she needed to give them those herbs. And you must remember by then, people did not use to keep mutis in their houses because they were having a very uh, huge forest, a huge vast of a place where they can go and dig moot anytime. So I, instead of going there, I just went around the corner. I dig something else. I came back and then she called me by and by. That is not what I told you to go and dig. Then I asked myself, but my grandma, she cannot see. Why she, 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 she noticed that I, I, I've got a, a wrong plant. Then I had to go back and get the correct medicine. That's where I learned not to lie to anybody, even to the elder people. So before she passes on, she called me because I used to be with her, uh, uh, throwing divine bones, also helping people, bashing people, etc., etc. And we go up out there to do fembas, and I was helping her. So when she about to pass on, she called me. She said, I must go and call my parent because she's going to die. Then I, because a young person, I said, oh, maybe she's joking. And then she told me about three times. Then I went to call my parents. They did not come. And then, well, when I came back, I was sleeping with her in a very small rendezvous. Woke up in the morning, she was gone. She was no more. But before she died, she said, I must look after everything that it was in that small rendezvous. So when I grew up, well, I forgot about all those things. I, I, I was uh, one of the uh, band members of uh, William and the Young Five who played there with the Juluk, etc., etc. Then I became very, very sick. Nobody could even heal me. I went to prophet. I went to, to, to churches. I went everywhere until I went to the very new graduated Pasani. She threw divine bones. She said, you, you have to go back and, and, and take what your grandma she left because those things will get rotted. That's where I got healed. That's where I went for training. It took me about four years in training. So I'm not like um, other people that just go for one week, two weeks, and then they come back. It took me four years in training, um, and I graduated. So you don't just wake up in the morning, you become a traditional practitioner. There's a calling, and in that calling, there's a suffering. Sometimes if you can even lose your marriage, you lose your work, you lose your business, you lose everything. You have a sleepless night. When you sleep all the time, you'll dream about 
ancestors, you've been about drumming, about dinging muti. So you need to make sure that you find out is this a calling from my ancestors, from my left hand side, on my mother's, uh, or from my father's side. And then once you've discovered that, then you must follow the process. And in that process, there is no shortcut. Definitely take it from me. You have to follow all the processes. Once you are in there, you must follow the process until you graduate, until you're taken back to your home. From there, then you can start practicing. That, that is how I should tell people who, who want to become healer. And if you don't have a calling, you'll fail. Mm. In these days now, since 1995, after the government has recognized the traditional practitioners, you can see a lot of people. Young people, anybody, they, they call themselves professors, they call, call themselves whatever. Some of them, they're even practicing uh, magic, etc., etc. Traditional practice is not something that you must play with it. You find a young people, young girl at the tavern, drinking, wearing the regal of traditional practitioners. It makes my heart feel bad because they are not doing what they're supposed to do. Let's uh, go to the lines. We are speaking about the role of traditional medicine in our modern society to, um, and if we can find possible cures for the many ailments and uh, diseases that are plaguing our modern day society. Speaking to us about this is Dr. Mbai Mbai Hlati, who graduated as a traditional health practitioner in the year 1982. He's also the president for the Traditional Health Practitioners Association in the SADC region. The number to call if you'd want to interact with us is 0891104207 or 0117144045 You can also send us a WhatsApp on 0614104107 and for SMSs it's on 41391. SMSs are charged at 150. Let's start off with the KGM. Thank you very much for joining us KGM and you are in Mangawong, right? Yes, I am in Mangawong. How are you doing? Very well, uh, Kat, uh, and good evening to, to Doc and, and to the listeners. Good evening, good evening sir. Here, here's my question. Uh, I am what uh, is called Mosa. Uh, uh, the people from the Kalahari, as, as they are called. Now, we, we have never, ever divorced our natural, what, so, what, what is so-called traditional way of life. I don't call it traditional doc, I call it natural. Now, some of these terminologies that we have accustomed ourselves to are the invention of the indoctrination of the peoples from across the oceans. When I look at how we lived, I, lost, I left uh, the, the Kalahari to, to come to what is termed civilized, or civilization or civilized life at the age of seven. I still go back home um, religiously on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. I look at the life that my people live. I look at the so-called civilized life. I realize how duped or how we agreed or consented to the highest level of mental indoctrination, which gets us to even allow ourselves to be called such words like witches. By the way, a word that in Sefarwa does not exist. If you were to say to me I should do a direct translation into Sefarwa, there's no word for which. Now, what the peoples from across the oceans have done, I'll try to be as, as short and as possible. Mm. 
whatever that they do not understand that we do, instead of asking us, what does this mean? What does it do? How does it uh, do what it does? Because of the so-called scientific way of doing things, which is a coined terminology by them, imposed on us. When you talk to any so-called affluent African today, anything is supposed to be scientific. Now, here's a question I'm going to leave you with. If they are supposed to test umsonyana scientifically, who tests their dispring, panado, paracetamol, whatever the terminology they use? Now, I run funeral palace. People come, they are declared dead for different ailments or diseases. Now, if a doctor lies and writes whatever he feels like writing, who checks whether this doctor is telling the truth or not? We are supposed to just agree because he's a doctor. Now, guys, we cannot continue fooling ourselves with this. Here's the solution. It stays with us. We are the ones. We shouldn't blame anybody. Blame education. We had our own education. They might not have liked and loved and appreciated how we lived, but we lived our own way, and we were comfortable with it. I am still comfortable with it. Uh, Pat, you know, well, thanks for taking you know, uh, KGM, I think one of the things that becomes very tricky when it comes to African tradition, including the medicine side of it and the herbs, is the fact that our tradition was never written down and rather passed down from generation to generation. Hence, when we, we, we get people like uh, Dr. Slati come in to give us knowledge and people like yourself who are from a community that still utilizes uh, traditional African medicines, it becomes easier for us to then recollect or learn more about where African medicines come in. A question for you, KGM. When a person has an ailment in your community, do you run for the traditional medicines, so the herbs, or do you run to a clinic or a doctor? I, I, I go for, for the herbs. We, we don't use uh, the, the Western ways of, 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 of uh, health, if you like. We, we use herbs. This myth that we use, uh, muti, it's a terminology that came with the, with the peoples from across the ocean. But also let me answer the question where you say we never uh, uh, written anything about our, our, our way of life. That's not true. I can take you on a trip, my sister. We can go from the, the so-called Cape of Good Hope right to the pyramids of Egypt. I will show you the caves where my people have been to. I'll show you information written. They don't like how it was written because they don't understand it. So because it's not in a Western book, in a Western form of uh, 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 format, mm. we're saying it's not written. Mm. That's not true. We have our own way that we wrote, not the English way, not the, the Greek way, not the, the Latin way, our own African way of writing things. I challenge anyone, including you, come, let me take you on a journey. We can even do the South African journey. I'll Challenge the accepted. Challenge accepted, KGM. Have been, they've written things that they still exist, that we still use today. KGM, challenge accepted. I can't wait.
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank we will you, connect and you will come back and you will give feedback to the listeners. Listen, Benzito has got your number. So you just sure. tell him when and where I'll be there. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thank you. Dr. Sati, there are communities uh, that are clearly still using indigenous uh, traditional uh, herbs to heal yeah. people. And this, is, this for me is very comforting because KGM says, well, listen, we are still using them today. Yeah, we are still using them, and I'm happy what you mentioned, uh, a, a, a good point. We're still using them. Even even now, our government, when they, stay, they tell you about the statistics, they will tell you 85% of people, they use traditional medicine. And when they become sick, the first people that they will consult, they will consult the traditional practitioners before they go to clinic. Unfortunately, because of the money, power of the money, and power of the politics as well, that they divert the traditional practitioner to say, when you have a person like this, don't treat this person, bring the person to the clinic, bring the person to the hospital, to the doctors. But, it, you know, it does not go hand in hand because a traditional practitioner can transfer a person, a client, to the clinic or to the hospital or to a doctor. But a doctor or a clinic or in a hospital, they will never, never, ever transfer their client to a traditional practitioner. So you can see they still want to dominate. They still want to kill our our our, our, our practice. It's unfortunately because once, sometimes you, you'll see that there's a workshop, there's a workshop here and there. They teach you how to use this and that. That's why I refused. And then I say at one stage, I will only go to a workshop if I want to, if I have to workshop nurses, doctors, and a professional scientist, if I must workshop them in how we do it our own way. But if people, they just go there and then they listen to what they, they were told. And then when they come back, they happen to, to, to then um, uh, not use the way of torture, uh, natural herbs. Mm. which it is very important for us to continue using it. On uh, WhatsApp, I see here um, from Anonymous, I think traditional medicine should be given a chance as some people are still using it to date and it works for them. Now, you know, Doctor, based on uh, this comment, uh, I'm just thinking about the incident of where marijuana is being used right now as a medicine, although it's not dispensed by medical doctors, but dispensed by herbal um, uh, clinics and uh, homeopathic uh, practitioners. And you look at the, the uprising of Umsonyana, um, yeah, you know, yeah. for, for the cure of... And Umsonyana, I know that has, it has been used for flu symptoms for years for on end. For centuries, for centuries. And, and now all of a sudden, because we've got the COVID-19, it's, it's going to be scrutinized. And, you know, such medicines and even things like ginger. Ginger is a herb as well. I'm yes, correct, doctor. Yes, and yes, when correct. someone has got a, a cold, we say, hey, go get the ginger. I've got a sore throat, chew on some ginger and it helps. But all of a sudden we seem to be questioning our own, what we have on Mother Earth. I'd like us to move to Ngonde, doctor, who's on the line, and then we'll go on to some of the voice notes and WhatsApps. Remember, we are talking about the role of traditional medicine in our modern society, and we've got Dr. Slati on the line. The number to dial is 0891-104-207 or 011-714-4045. Ngonde, thank you very much for being so patient. Good evening. Patricia. How are you doing? I, I never knew that you were so young. You know, you are a chicken. You don't even know how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that a daughter is, you know, is present so that you can know more or less your age. Anyway, <laughs> back to the topic. Patricia, there's one thing that makes me nervous, that perturbs me and disturbs me a great deal. The epistemology and the ontology is always defined in the lens of Western epistemology. Nothing can further from the truth. 
And Patricia, I don't like also this binary thing. It's either or, right? Allopathic medicine or traditional medicine. Because Patricia, nothing wrong from using both and not either or. And the Chinese are doing it. In the Chinese world, I hear this from somebody who did PhD in Chinese medicine. In the Chinese world, in hospital, right, you'll be having your pill and your medicine, Western medicine, and you are allowed to have your own Chinese medicine. In other words, you can bring your mshonyane if they do use mshonyane. In the world, together with the Western medicine is not either or. Right? In other words, knowledge should not be compartmentalized, right? And having, having one that is due to, to be superior than the other. Persia, nine, in, in about 1860, thereabout, Sir George Gray, the first governor of the Cape Colony, said these Africans, or only who call them natives at the time, the natives must be taught the English way of life. In other words, we are viewed as being barbaric, right? Not human. So we need to change the narrative. For example, if you are an African traditional healer, why not be called a doctor, right? You are a doctor, just like there was a doctor, right? But it's a pity. I don't know the time. But there is a doctor in Cape Town, right? He's well-learned, in fact, an MK soldier at 17, did his Master's of Science, right, in military, and did his PhD in sociology and Master's of Science in Nashoropath, right? I know his name, but I don't like to do free advertisement. But I'm using some of his motives, right, from, mm. for, 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 for my condition. Right? Remember Patricia had stroke? So, this is what I'm doing, Patricia. I'm using both the allopathic medicine together, right, with his own one. I'm using garlic, ginger, you know, I'm using insangu, right? Mm-hmm. Together with these things, Patricia. Mm. In other words, I'm improved now, as Ben Stowe would tell you. Now we can talk, now we can walk, right? But I'm still recovering. So what I'm saying is nothing wrong from using both. No one is superior to the other. Patricia, good afternoon. Thank you very much, Ngonde. You know, Ngonde mentioned something, Dr. Tlati. I was told when I was much, much younger, when I was a child, in fact, I, I suffered very badly from uh, asthma. Um, to yeah, a point where yeah. my grandfather, who's now late, you got some, um, I mean, I, I had everything. You can imagine the inhalers and all, all the sort of medicine that is Western medicine that someone has asthma should have. Yeah. But it still did not help. I was one of those children who could not run up and down the playground without having an asthma attack. And my grandfather, other than uh, was told to boil some um, marijuana for me and I drank it as tea apparently and a couple of weeks later I was cured I don't ever remember um, yeah. having an asthma attack and I, I want us to now talk about uh, let's start with Mklonyana and then yeah. take it to, to, to marijuana because these are the two that are quite topical right now you know when we, it, it, it's unfortunately really that you now, now we have to discuss and, uh, and on, on umshonyane and marijuana and also pepper bug. Pepper bug, we call it this bar, a very, very best herb that you can, it can help you and asthma and TB and your chest pain, etc., etc. Now, all of a sudden, when we have this COVID-19 
And uh, we, we, we've, I personally spoke to the government, asked them, look, look, can you just give traditional practitioners a chance? Because this is about flu, this is about chest, this is about lungs. We have so many, so many, so many uh, different plants that we can use. Um, they, they, they ignore it. But all of a sudden, when the Madagascar now, uh, they say, okay, we have Mfanyan. It looked like Mfanyan is something that is very strange in South Africa. We have Mfanyan all over here. And people have been using Mfanyan everywhere, you know. And people have been using marijuana to, to cure asthma, it can be TB, it can be other diseases, etc., etc., kidneys, you know, a lot of diseases. But unfortunately now, um, because of politics, like I've said, because of politics, because of money, someone who decided to say, okay, no, let, no, let African people use, use, use marijuana. Let's say, no, mar- marijuana is illegal. Now they're starting to legalize marijuana. Now they start making all this because they, they're, they're now they're using by their own way. But those are the national things. And once you take marijuana and you put some chem- chemical, it's no more powerful and it's no more original. It's no more like it's supposed to be. Same, same as umsonyani. Um, umsonyani is a movie that people have been using for centuries, for flu, for asthma, for chest pain, for, for fever. You can steam, you can boil it, you can drink it. You can do whatever you can do it, like pepperback. Pepperback is a very good plant that you use it once you suffer from flu. The flu, it will be gone immediately. But all of a sudden, because it's African herbs, it's the natural herbs, and then Western people, they will tell you, no, 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 we cannot use this. But they will go behind your back. And then they want that musonyani, they want that marijuana, they want that paperback, they want that sirukulu. And then they go and prepare it, and then it comes with a blue or green or yellow color, and then with a new label, with a different name, and then you go and buy it. It's unfortunate, but look, we people, we have to go back to our necessary, necessary natural life. Natural life of uh, a way of eating, a way of um, uh, uh, also curing ourselves. You know, when we suffer from prostate cancer, when we suffer from diabetic, asthma, and ulcer, all sort of things. By centuries, people they never used um, a, a spray for asthma. Why they were not using that? Because they 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 knew what they're supposed to do for their children, like your your the, like like it was done for, for, from you. So we need to definitely look back and try to say, okay. This is what we're going to do. But unfortunately, when as I'm a traditional practitioner, if my son or my daughter grow up, she goes to university or goes to university, become uh, a GP, uh, all of a sudden it does not, she does not want to use herbs, and then she talk bad about herbs, but in the laboratory, they are mixing herbs there. I was once called to one some of the university because they said they now they want a, a, a knowledge of traditional practitioner. But why now? Why are you facing not uh, using herbs? All of a sudden, now you want our herbs to be taken to the university to be tested, and then you, all of a sudden you reduce the power, you reduce the vitamin of our herbs. Our herbs, they're best, they're better originally, my dear. Mm. Let's move on to some of our voice notes. Uh, this is SFM leading the late night conversation. My name is Patricia Nduli. We are talking to Dr. Mbaimbae Sati about the role of traditional medicine in our modern society. Hi, my sister. I think I must just say to you and your team, big ups. On the 20th of May, I've sent you a voice note, which is I did recent today. And last week, if I'm not mistaken, you were speaking to an archaeologist. 
and we were impressed and one of the callers even said that some of the stuff that we're talking about is the stuff that we are never taught at at at, uh, at school and now you are bringing this as much as you said it the other week that you will be doing this i highly appreciate because when we talk about these things those of us who don't have the papers people think we are mad but good work my sister continue uh, I've always assumed that the expression witch doctor applies to those that reverse witchcraft or cue it. You know, there is an expression, Uktagat. But if you look at it, it's from a Zulu root word, Utaga, which means to cue. Is it incorrect to assume that Utaga is to cue and Utagata? is to cast a spell or to bewitch someone. You see, there is a very subtle link between the two. Please ask the doctor if my assumption is wrong. Dr. Slati, please, uh, would you respond to the second voice note regarding Utaga, which means to cure, according to him and the Zulu definition, and Utagata, meaning witchcraft? Yeah, he's correct. He's correct. I cannot comment more. He's correct. Now, Doctor, there's also another uh, WhatsApp message here that says, what is the reason for blood sacrifices often known as multi killings? Is there a difference between herbalists and traditional doctors? Yeah, that, that's a sad one. You know, I had a campaign here since 2012, you know, educating practitioners and young people as well, here in Lipompo and Pumalanga, teaching them that there is no human flesh or human uh, uh, blood that can cure or can make a person successfully. A person becomes successful in business once you have your business, once you have a stock, once you have a good pricing, once you have a hygienic shop, etc., etc. But But people, like I've, I've said, people all of a sudden, because they don't know how to make people uh, successful or to make people rich, they don't know how to mix herbs, etc., they will think it's better to kill somebody. That's why um, they will go to the bottle store, they buy beer for, for young boys, you know. I even buried a lot of people here in Lipompo that they became a victim of uh, multi-killings. They, 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 some parts they were missing, etc., etc. I, I even put some tombstone to, to say we traditional practitioners, real traditional practitioners who went through all the ritual, who went through all the, the spiritual study, etc., etc. You cannot do that. Once you touch a blood, your spirit will run away. Once you touch your blood, your traditional practitioner's power will, will, will vanish. So people are doing those. They are not traditional practitioners. They are the people that they just act to be, to, to be traditional practitioners, which they are making a mess in this sector of traditional healing. So it is correct to say that there is a role for traditional medicine. However, the blood killings or the multi killings are not linked to traditional medicine. Not at all. That's why when, when people say there's a, there's a ritual killing, you know, when you talk about ritual killing, we talk about where you perform a ritual to slaughter goat or cow or chicken. That's where you perform ritual. But you cannot perform a ritual to kill somebody. You cannot perform a ritual to kill a human being. You cannot perform that. But if people, because people, they, they think if they kill someone, they will become successful. And all of those people who happen to be involved in those kind of crimes, a lot of them, they are mad now. A lot of them, they are in jail now. A lot of them, they are very, very, very poor. Some of them, that they had a shop, those shops are bankrupt. They have nothing. So there is no connection between 
healing and, and, and also mood killing. This mood killing, a ritual killing, has got nothing to do with the traditional practitioner. Those are the foreign things to us as traditional practitioners. There's something that comes from somewhere that we don't even understand what what is happening really. Mm. Let's move on to uh, the voice notes. We are talking about the role of traditional medicine in our modern society. Hi, Patricia. This is Bozo in Cape Town. I'm listening to your show. Thank you so much for the good show. There you have a good doctor there. I can see this man. He know exactly what he's talking about. Thanks. Bye. My name is El Fan from PE. I want to find out based on the questions about traditional healers. I want to find out the answers. Does their motive work and how do you apply it to work? Since you guys started with the topic, so can you brief me a bit more? How does it work? And some of these guys are chances. Um, good evening, Miss and the doctor. There. Um, what an interesting topic. Simple because, um, in these trying times within the nation, and while we are all confused, waiting for some vaccines from the outside countries you know, and so devastated and frustrated. I believe that um, our traditional medicine yeah, can be the answer because um, these are the times for us to like go back and remember who we are, where we come from, what are we made of, and we are actually rooted in those traditional medicines. Patricia, hi. Can you also give us the contact number for KGM? Um, he mentioned something quite interesting that from the southern tip of Africa, namely Cape, uh, the Cape area, that there are evidences of the indigenous people and their writings. Uh, this is something that we as South Africans definitely need to know and explore. Um, can he please, uh, or can we please have contact details? Um, so that we are able to access his uh, services and his, his, his insights as well, please. Thank you. Excellent. Um, I'm not sure because KJM is a listener just like you, but our producer Benzito is going to find out from him if he's uh, willing to have people contact him. Uh, but I have taken up his challenge, so I'll let you know once he allows me to go on this tour with him. However, we are still speaking to Dr. Slati. Dr. Elton in PE is asking, how does it work when it comes to traditional medicine and how do we know who is a chancer and who's authentic? You say I, I was touched when when the, the voice note says uh, some of them are chances. There mm. are a lot of chances. There are a lot of bongas. There are a lot of fake. That's why in most cases I normally tell people, please be careful. Don't find someone in the corner, in the dark corner, someone that you will see today and you won't see this person tomorrow. Some of them, they, they create a crime, they commit a crime. Some of them, they can tell you that it will make you a millionaire, etc., etc. Tomorrow they disappear. People come crying here. I said, but why you went to, that, to the corner? Go to the real traditional practitioners that you, when you were born, or not necessarily when you were born, you know that when you grow up, in that house, in that village, in that location, a, a grandmother, so, 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 she or he was a traditional practitioner, and his grandson, he went also to go for training. Don't just fall on those traps, it's unfortunately. Well, to know that it helps work or does not work, you better, is, the, the, the better answer is to find 
the correct and the better trasha practitioner who does have a knowledge so that person can give you the proper the proper uh, quality trasha medicine nothing else but unfortunately in this time you know people are just uh, uh, you know, when someone is sick, when someone is desperate, looking for something, you will fall into a trap. And you wake up in the morning, you find out you will fall into a trap. Don't buy musonyan that has been boiled, is on the street. You don't know how that musonyan was prepared. You don't know what is inside that musonyan. You don't know how that musonyan was in the sun, burning sun for how many hours. And then you just take it, you bite on the road, you drive anyway, get to Cape Town or to Lipompo. You drink it and you become sick. And then you will say, the trachea medicine does not work. The traditional medicine is work, but you need to be given by a person who understands the traditional medicine. Now, you know, Mfan Futi from Cosmo City says, Pat, the problem is some of the healers are just too dirty. So hygiene is also a bit of an issue here. Okay. Let me come into that one. You remember when we started, it's not about the, the, the people, the, the gorillas, people who train the traditional healers. Those are the ones that are making a mistake. You can see the trainees, Matasani, walking barefoot, you know, uh, dressed funny, um, dirty, etc., of course. But you ask yourself, why? That's why when we have a meeting, we have a meeting, I talk to them. Why you do this to your Matasani? My trainees, they're all clean. They're all neat. They can also go by car. Some of them, they'll tell you, because you now you're, you're a person, you cannot even go by taxi. You need to walk. You cannot even put a taxi or shoes. You must walk barefoot because your grand-grandparents did not have shoes. Yes, they did not have shoes by then because we never had shoes. When I wanted to make a research, when I went to Germany, China, and all these countries doing the medicine research, some of the journalists, they even asked me, Dr. Schatz, how will you go? on a plane to Germany doing a research. Then I asked him, what's wrong with you? He said, but because some of traditional healers, they say they cannot even go by car or train. They will have to walk because their grandparents, they did not. And then I say, my grandparents, they understand me. They, are hum- they were human beings by then. Their spirit is alive. Then I will talk to them. I, sa- I will summon them, inform them. I'm taking further what you have left. So I'm going to Germany to do a research. That's what I must inform my ancestors. So this thing of people uh, staying dead is about a uh, time that um, the, the, the governors, they must know a person that is dirty or a trachial that is dirty, it does not necessarily mean that person can kill or heal people. That person knows nothing. It cannot even throw divine bones. That person is just like demonstrating that I'm a trachial healer and they, they walk on the street, on the taxis also dressed on that regularly. That regal of traditional practice is a very respected regal. It has to be in a very special in Tundwani, in Dumba, you leave it there. When the spirit comes out and then you will dress. Now I'm surprised when you walk all, all over everywhere with with those uh etc etc so when the spirit comes out what are you going to dress mm. I, you know that that is so sad you know i don't know why they're doing that now let's uh, move on we've also got a lot of callers here let's uh, start here um samson and Gianni says the importance of traditional medicine is of great value i am proud of the knowledge uh, in the case like when a man is said to have gone wrong in a woman the man can get healed simply by a traditional healer then uh, going to the doctors it works a hundred percent 
The next one uh, is Aaron uh, Mohale, who's in Skimming Village, says traditional medicine is the best way. Every time I feel sick or just a bit sick, I can call my mother and uh, she will tell me what to do or come see her. She has knowledge of herbs and I need to document it before things get out of hand. I really recommend traditional medicines. Listen, I've been saying to my producer, we haven't even talked about some of the cures, but um, of, of that you know ailments and cures that are available from traditional medicine but before we do that let's uh, talk to Mfundo and Zanin. Mfundo thank you for holding so patiently how are you? Yes my sister I'm fine good evening to you how are you? Excellent thank you. And uh, good evening to your guest there. Um, you, you know I'm listening and uh, I'm, I must I must be honest with you um, I'm actually hurting uh, a bit you, you know, most of your callers are mentioning how Chinese uh, have stuck to their roots and, and traditions and everything. Chinese have aimed to penetrate and take over the world, and they're doing it. Mm. They're taking over Africa. We know this for a fact. Uh, I mean, hell, in, in, in South Africa, we're even um, about to learn a language of theirs, uh, or one of their languages, and, and, and whatnot. Uh, they have businesses all over. They don't aim to be like any other nation. They want to take over nations. They want to teach nations about their traditions, about their ways, etc. Now, the difference between the Chinese, for example, and South Africa is the fact that we want to be like certain nations. We want to be like the West. Um, that's what we teach children in our in our curriculum uh, in education. That's how we live. Um, you know, the Western medicine is better in our view, etc., etc. It's now 26 years into the dawn of democracy, and we don't have even one hospital with a traditional healer. Now, the question is, fast forward 26 years from today, are we ever going to have traditional healers in hospitals? Now, this is the failure of our government. We can't even blame apartheid about that. We can't even blame the World Health Organization. We can't even blame the West. That's our failure. Now we're talking about it, which is a good thing. You know, you have your guests there. You know, our eyes are getting opened. We're getting riled up about it. But what is to be done? In other words, tomorrow what will be different? Next month what will be different? We now have the coronavirus. Uh, next year what will be different? What exactly is government doing uh, to try and, I suppose, integrate traditional healers into mainstream uh, medicine, into mainstream um, healthcare systems, etc., etc. What is our government doing? Let's see. Mfundo. That's, that, that's the question. Okay, Mfundo, thank you very much for the question. We'll see if Dr. Slati can answer that because he's part of the SADC region, but we'll do that straight after the news. Let's go to Zolakat Kodashi. Late Night Conversations. Late Night Conversations. Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight.
Late night conversations with me, Patricia Dooley on SAFM 104 to 107 FM and nationwide. We are rounding off our discussion on the role of traditional medicine in our modern society. I have noticed from the amount of calls we've received and the amount of voice notes and messages we've received that this topic just has so many layers. And I think next week we are going to actually go into individual cures. Things like can you cure infertility? Can traditional medicine cure TB and arthritis, uh, blood pressure, COVID? 19 and HIV and even pain relief so there's a lot of things that we have not delved into because of time and we need to round off but before we do round off I'd like us to go to uh, some of uh, the last two vo- um, messages that I'm going to be able to read right now Charles in uh, Ocean View in Cape Town says I still use and mix a variety of organic herbs to locals in my community. This is something that I've been raised with and it is something I continue to enjoy and pursue despite my limited knowledge. The one puzzling but exciting thing about it is I have a huge affinity beyond my own understanding for healing or giving relief to people's ailments and pains. I seem to feel their pains and their suffering, hence my obligation and need to relieve and detach them from their pains and their discomfort they endure and suffer once they inform me about it that's from Charles and then we've got anonymous who says no traditional medicine can't be used for everything please TB they have never come with a cure it's Western medication so let's not confuse the two please honestly this your doctor is misleading let him talk about his traditional medicines and leave Western medicines now doctor we've got two people here one is saying well they still use traditional medicines, although he is, uh, Charles says he's, he, he does not have the full knowledge, he's got limited knowledge, but he sees a lot of people being helped. On the other hand, you've got Anonymous saying traditional medicine has never even healed TB, so leave traditional um, medicine out of it and let's continue using these Western medications. What's your take? Yeah, well, it depends on what a person is talking about. You know, centuries ago, TB was there, but people, once they were using herbs to cure TB. Those, that was a, a very simple thing. Centuries ago, people, they were used. TB is not a, a new disease. T, TB was there by, by centuries. When we were born, TB was there. But people, they were using herbs. Unfortunately, in our house now, in every household, when you walk in there, you will find a Chinese herbs. You found something that is, is come from China. Why don't we have our own herbs here in every household so that you can see that this person is using his or her natural herbs from this country? That's what we have to, to, to look into. Mm. Now, Doctor, because of time, we're going to have to round off our discussion. But next week, could you please avail yourself so that we can talk about some of these cures? For instance, you've spoken about TB. I'd like you to take us through how it was healed or cured in ancient times and if it can still be cured now by traditional medicine and even things like HIV and AIDS, COVID-19. Um, infertility, I think it's one of those issues that, um, you know, traditional medicines. And you also mentioned uh, cancer, prostate cancer. So are you available for us to have this? discussion next week definitely i'm available definitely excellent so for all our listeners if we did not get through to your message next week thursday uh, from 10 until 11 dr Slat is going to join us we'll talk about various ailments that um, traditional medicines have cured and if you are a person who has been cured by traditional medicine my hand is up i suffer from a sore throat every now and then and i chew ginger even before i came to the show i chew ginger and my throat sounds fine i'm not crackling so that's one of the traditional medicines i use ginger and never mind that i did 
did mention that I've used uh, um, marijuana to cure, well, to cure asthma. So if you've experienced this, please join us next week, Thursday. Let's talk about traditional medicines and their role in modern day society. Thank you very much, Dr. Slati. And um, we, you can get hold of him. He does have a website, which is uh, drslati.co.za.